or Xi Jinping. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at this rise of Xi Jinping, while the rest of the world and our media tends to be focusing on Russia, it seems that the real focus, the greater focus, should be on China. And so today we're going to do just that. You may be aware that this weekend something rather dramatic occurred in China, in Beijing. A former Chinese president was booted from his seat next to the current president, Xi Jinping, and he was escorted away Saturday in a shocking scene at the closing ceremony of a week-long Congress that was widely seen as Xi's coronation as leader of China for life. Hu Jintao, who preceded Xi as president of China from 2003 to 2013, looked confused and even angry as he was unexpectedly hauled away from the closing ceremony of the ruling Communist Party Congress. It was a stunning incident, and it went viral as China experts tried to figure out what it could mean. This ouster of President Hu, former President Hu, from Beijing's Great Hall of the People came before Xi was to give a major speech to some 2,300 key CCP officials. He serves as both General Secretary of the Communist Party, President and Head of the Armed Forces, and is often referred to as Paramount or Supreme Leader. What does that mean, though, in China? What does that mean in the world? What does that mean for you and me? That's what we need to talk about here today on Viewpoint. I'm glad that you joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. The World Tribune states Xi Jinping has humiliated his predecessor at a CCP Congress in a signal to the world at large that what happened on Saturday was not just a happening, it was a signal. Let's take a look at what world, the World Tribune has to say about this. From the point of view of foreign media consumers, the highlight of Xi Jinping's stage coronation to an unprecedented third term at the 20th Natural, uh, National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party was the awkward and dramatic forced removal from the proceedings of former leader Hu Jintao. He was led off stage by two stewards. The 79-year-old former president resisted, appeared stunned, and briefly exchanged words with the 69-year-old Xi Jinping. The episode was accessible by major international media, but not by those controlled by the Communist Chinese Communist Party. The question is, what caused this drama? Well, what caused this drama is likely less significant than the message that was sent by the drama. Here are the words of the World Tribune in response to this. Please listen carefully. As Xi assumes deity status at home, it's clear he wants the world at large to know there are consequences for crossing him and the emerging superpower he rules. Notice the words deity status. Deity status. Don't forget those words. 
After all, the courageous Hong Kong students who flooded the streets daily in 2019 have been silenced by him. And President Donald Trump, by his own admission, was manhandling China's leader until the unleashing of the China virus on the world. Well, following Saturday's drama, Xi Xi Jinping was set to unveil his new inner circle. Nearly 2,300 mask-wearing party delegates approved a policy road map for the next five years. Only the front row of top party elites were mask-free. Apparently, there's another level of uh, justice and uh, truth and so on in China, just as there is in America. The elite don't have to respond to the orders dealing with the rest of us peons. The delegates rubber-stamped the decision by the Politburo Politburo Standing Committee that Xi will carry on as China's leader for another five years after a decade in power. So that'll be 15 years. Now we have two such individuals in the world. One is called Vladimir Putin. He took these steps a few years ago to extend, change the Constitution of Russia so that he could continue to serve without any interference. In America, our presidents are limited to two terms. But the constitutions of Russia and China have now been changed in order to effectuate two individuals to be able to, shall we say, rule forever. In the United States, Florida Republican Representative Michael Waltz, who sits on the House Armed Services Committee, said that Xi has, quote, become the most powerful Chinese dictator, unquote, since Mao the communist dictator who founded the People's Republic of China uh, and that party, the PRC, and ruled until his death in 1976, and by the way, caused the death of about 40 million Chinese. So what has Xi, Xi Jinping, done in summary? Well, he's told his military to rapidly modernize to prepare for war by 2027. That's five years from now. Their Navy is larger than ours. Their Space Force is launching more than we are, said uh, Representative Waltz. And foreign policy's James Palmer observed that the former President Hu is nearly the last of Xi Jinping's cohort in the CCP, as Xi's routine purges of those he does not consider loyalists have imprisoned or otherwise silenced nearly all of Hu's allies. Many of his former allies have been arrested in Xi's purges, most notably even his chief aide. What does this mean? We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. In my book, King of the Mountain, The Eternal Epic and End Time Battle for He Who Rules the Temple Mount Rules the World, I make this these uh, statements 
in the chapter called The Dragon versus the Eagle, that is, China versus America. Whether Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, or Barack Obama, each president has refused to identify China as an adversary, choosing rather to call it a trading partner. The one who changed that was, yes, Donald J. Trump. And they didn't like him for it. The Americans didn't like him for it. The Bill Clintons of the party didn't like him for it. The Barack Obamas didn't like him for it. And neither did the George W. Bushes. They were all globalists and have basically sold their soul to China. Thus, the U.S. has been willing to sacrifice its safety on the altar of transitory economic success, knowingly and brazenly building China's now formidable military apparatus. Detente may no longer be the destiny between the dragon and the eagle. China is preparing for war and few notice. That was reported on September 13, 2005, by a Chinese dissident who had unequivocally stated that Beijing is planning nuclear war. Now, friends, that was in 2005. Now we're 17 years beyond that, and a giant is stirring. (coughs) That's the headline. If the 20th century belonged to America, the 21st century may belong to China. The world has never seen so big a nation rise as far and as fast as China has in the past 20, uh, now about 25 years. Americans and people around the globe can feel the effects of China's voracious appetite. What, however, are the effects of this unprecedented growth and devouring appetite of the dragon? How might this connect with Revelation's infamous prophecy of Armageddon? Does it matter to us mean citizens of our planet? And should it matter to Israel? Those are the things that we want to help connect with as we move on with the program here today, and I'm glad that you've joined us. As always, it's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust that today will be no exception, even as today's program, as always, is full of information. But it's not information that we're trying to transmit. It's information that has connection for transformation, if we make the right connections. If we connect the dots in such a way that we have spiritual understanding of the implication of geopolitical uh, facts. Now, perhaps this will help us to get a a bit more uh, connected uh, with those dots. The World Tribune made this statement back in mid-September of this year. In Uzbekistan, Xi, that is Xi Jinping, clarifies that China, Russia, in that order, now rule the world. (coughs) Did you hear that? That's before Mr. Xi Jinping became the deified leader coronated this last weekend to be able to serve or have domination over China, the largest nation in the world, forthwith and forever. At least theoretically forever. Because there's no limit put on his ability to continue to become and be the deified, coronated prince of China. 
Now, with that having been said, Russian leader Vladimir Putin, back in mid-September, insisted that the foreign policy tandem of Russia and China is a force for good on the global stage. He said, we jointly speak out for the formation of a fair, democratic, and multipolar world order based on international law. Well, where's the democracy in China when Mr. Xi Jinping has forcibly removed even the former president from the 2,300-member Congress, the most important meeting every five years that China has? Where's, Where's the democracy? Where's the democracy of his arresting and deposing, removing from both power and from identifiable presence in China, all of those that he disagrees with? Well, to contrast that just for a moment, a quick moment, I have in my hands a series of articles dealing with a man in the United States of America, who's not Chinese. Here are the headlines. FBI raids star ABC News producer James Gordon Meek's home. Next, FBI search on home of ex-ABC News producer draws response and questions. Next, An ABC News investigative journalist disappeared six months ago. He seems to have known a lot about American aims in Ukraine. Friends, these are all articles just printed out today. In other words, some of the same things that are occurring under Xi Jinping in China are occurring in the United States of America by our current leadership, if you can call it leadership, and the FBI as his, shall we say, legal, supposed legal goons to accomplish his nefarious ends to rid him of his own enemies. Mr. Biden is not innocent. In fact, Mr. Biden has been doing a do do together with his son Hunter with China for a very long time. Apparently, he's picked up China's ways. Something serious is happening here. But something serious is happening also in China. And so we want to focus on that aspect of it without ignoring the fact that the spirit of China is metastasizing to the United States of America. And if Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping can classify China and Russia as ultimate democratic uh, models for the world, what is that saying about what's happening in the United States? The very ones who are accusing of destroying the democracy are the ones that are doing it. And they're doing it just the way China and Vladimir Putin is doing it. Now, in order to comprehend the bigger picture here, we must shift for a moment to the Pope. This headline came today. Wait, what? Did the Pope just call for every nation to turn communist? 
Pope Francis is urging for reforms to the United Nations, specifically to the U.N. Security Council, in an upcoming book saying that the COVID-19 pandemic and Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine have exposed the U.N.'s limitations. So the Pope wants to create a new economic system that creates food, health, economic, and social rights for all. This, my friends, is an Uh, shall we say, a euphemistic way of calling for a new world government, a new world order, a global order, a global government. So the head of the Roman Catholic Church has called for major reforms at the United Nations, saying it must find new ways to resolve conflict, like the war in Ukraine. Well, that in and of itself is not quite the problem. The problem is he's calling for much more than that. Basically, he's calling for a one-world government. Pope Francis says the need to reform the United Nations was more than obvious. This was coming from an extract of his new book that was published yesterday. The Argentine pontiff said Russia's February invasion of Ukraine highlighted the need to ensure the current multilateral structure, especially the U.N. Security Council, finds more agile and effective ways of resolving conflicts. What's he talking about here? He says the U.N. is no longer fit for new realities. What kind of new realities? What does he mean no longer fit for it? That's what the U.N. was created for. The organization was founded, he said, to prevent the horrors of two world wars from happening again. But although the threat represented by those conflicts was still alive, today's world is no longer the same. Oh, it isn't? I thought we were having threats of uh, nuclear war. Going back and forth between Russia and Ukraine. It was almost like a uh, Cuban Missile Crisis standoff again. But the Pope is calling for something bigger. He is calling for the total mandatory distribution of vaccine everywhere. Because otherwise it's not equality, he says. He also has become the eminent voice of the environment. Since being elected to the papacy, this insists that we need a new economic system that better provides basic needs for the global poor, along with guaranteed work and land. What he is basically doing is embracing socialism at best and communism at worst. And socialism inevitably leads to communism. That's the trajectory. But he's calling for a new vision to rethink the future of the world and establish a renewed sense of shared responsibility for our world. That's where the whole idea of globalism comes in. He's not using those trigger words. He's not using language that the majority of the people would understand what he's talking about. 
But he has been living that message for his entire papacy and long before he ever entered into the papacy. He is a socialist at best, a communist at worst, and is one of the premier engines for a one world order or government. Now, let's connect the dots because you may think, (coughs) excuse me, what does this have to do with China? Well, it has a lot to do with China. Did you know that Pope Francis has been currying the favor of uh, Xi Jinping and Chinese leadership now for several years? Big time. He's been willing to compromise even the standards and theology, theological standards of the Roman Catholic Church in order to curry favor with China. And favor means power. He knows that China is on this trajectory, destined, at least by its deified leader, to rule the world. And he, as head of the Roman Catholic Church, wants to share in a religious way in that rulership. This is how the beast empire and the woman that rides the beast gains power. Now, whether China is that beast is another matter. We're not talking about that here today. We're talking about the means whereby Revelation 17 and its prophecy is fulfilled. It's fulfilled by a religious power seeking to ride in on the coattails or the jet stream of a political power. And therefore, the two of them will gain joint power. That's the thinking. The unfortunate thing about that is, as Revelation 17 tells us, is that when ultimately the political power has used the religious power for its, for its gain or advantage to accomplish its global purpose, it will not only relinquish the religious power, but destroy it. Read about it in Revelation chapter 17. Now, those things have not yet happened, but they are going to happen because God said they're going to happen. Now, that having been said, we have to question why the Pope would be ingratiating himself to China. Why would he do that? Why would he be willing to compromise what supposedly was biblical truth for favor with China? There's so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. 
It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. The kings of the east. The Bible talks about the kings of the east that will be rising up and uh, making their way toward Israel in the latter days of the last days. And they will be heading there for history's final great battle, the true Armageddon. Have you noticed how increasingly the word Armageddon is being used in movies and uh, plays and other kinds of things? I noticed one just recently uh, advertising a new Armageddon. It didn't sound much like Armageddon to me, but in fact, the word was used. When that word is used like this in spurious ways, what it is doing is diluting the true and serious meaning and implications of the word from God's viewpoint. Don't be engaged in that. Please do not use the word Armageddon in that kind of way, because then you become a participant in the false use of the word. The same is true with the word apocalypse. We've talked about this before. The word apocalypse does not mean terrible things happening, like Armageddon. The word apocalypse actually means unveiling. So in my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, it's all about the apocalypse, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is called the Apocalypse. Why? It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. If you don't have the book, by the way, uh, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, you might just want to get a copy of it. It's uh, $22 on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And I want to speak to men for just a moment. Men, you profess the name of Christ, but you refuse to read. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with us as men? Why is it that women are buying two-thirds of all of the books today? Why is that? Why is it that they're the ones that are reading and men refuse to read. Something's wrong with this picture. Men aren't even reading the Bible. How do we expect to be the leaders of our home, the leaders of our children, the leaders of our nation, the leaders of our churches, and so on? How do we expect to do that if we're ignorant? This is not good. It's a sign of the times where men are abdicating their role and their responsibility. The founders of this country were all readers, all of them. In fact, they could read several languages, many of them, and speak them. They were truly educated and informed. Why is it that men today, Christian men, refuse absolutely steadfastly refuse to read, to inform themselves, even with the Word of God. It's a travesty. Yeah, I'm getting on a soapbox right now. you got to believe that. I am. 
It's a travesty. It's not about my books. It's about all books, especially the Bible. It's unbelievable. Please, guys, please. We need to repent of this abdication of our responsibility before God. All right. Now, (laughs) in my book, uh, King of the Mountain, we talk about the players, the great geopolitical players of the end times, and how and why they are moving inexorably to fulfill biblical prophecy. They don't even realize it, but they are. China doesn't realize it, but it is. Xi Jinping is an atheist. He doesn't realize that he's doing, fulfilling ultimately biblical prophecy in what he's doing. Even being referred to as deity is fulfilling biblical prophecy. It's pretty amazing. Now, as I said, in my book, King of the Mountain, we have a chapter called The Dragon Versus the Eagle. And we have to realize that the plot lines of biblical prophecy are becoming quite clear. A lot of the details are undisclosed, but who are these kings of the east that the Bible talks about? For whom the Euphrates River is going to dry up as they march toward Har Megiddo or Armageddon in central Israel. Are are these rulers of a single surpassing nation, or are they representative of an aggregate of nations of the East who combine forces for history's ultimate military moment, hoping to divide the spoils of victory? We don't know the answers with, with specificity. We don't. You can speculate about it, but we're not going to do that here on this program. Therefore, to attempt to answer them those questions with certainty requires, as I said, a level of speculation that would seriously compromise the solemnity that we are trying to convey uh, even through the book King of the Mountain. So we have to rely upon what we clearly know from the Bible. So here's what we clearly know. We turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 9. And if you're in a place to do that, you can look at verses 13 to 16. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed to slay the third part of men, and the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these, there was the third part of men, human beings, killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth. Sounds an awful lot, friends, like nuclear power, doesn't it? So there's a picture here of a level of carnage unprecedented in the annals of human warfare. Just try to imagine one-third of the entire population of the world decimated in the 13 months during which the campaign is going to be waged. I mean, you can choose to differ 
that the devastating force destroying perhaps in excess of 2 billion people is directly laid at the feet of diabolically empowered and directed kings of the East who are destined to cross a dried-up Euphrates on their desperate enterprise to destroy other world powers, gathering in the Jezreel Valley at the foot of Tel Megiddo, that the scripture does describe 200 million men in the combined fighting force of the kings of the East. And China also has boasted since 1965 of their ability to field an army of 200 million. So, if we let that passage speak for itself there in the book of Revelation, the number 200 million so dwarfs the historical records of great armies, world conquerors, and current standing armies as to be almost inconceivable. Yet, There are a few inconvenient and little-known facts. And these facts may be shocking, but they're true. And they lead us back to China and the deafening roar of the dragon. So let's consider some fascinating facts and shed some light upon these numbers in the Bible. First of all, China has a current population in excess of 1.3 billion people. (coughs) That's a lot of people. That's almost four times the size, about four times the size of the United States. Number two, Time Magazine, May 21st, 1965, contained astounding words, quote, Red China passed the word that its 200 million man and woman militia had gone into serious training. Number three, gender side has dramatically changed the demographics within China. How so? Well, creating a sense of male desperation. The cover of The Economist in March 2010 asked the troubling question, what happened to 100 million girls? Hmm. Well, think about it. It's no exaggeration to call this gender side. Women are missing in their millions, aborted, killed, neglected to death. And for those who opposed abortion, this is mass murder. So the culprit is Chinese one-child policy. If couples wanted two children, but are allowed only one, they would sacrifice or kill or abort unborn daughters in pursuit of a son. So, now both China and northern India have unnaturally large numbers of boys, but as noted in the, the publication The Economist, very few appreciate how bad the problem is or that it is rising. Well, what does that mean? In April of 2009, the Pakistan Daily Times reported that selective abortions had resulted in an excess of 32 million males in China. That men actually have to fight for a bride. But the problem is far more serious, having not only national but international ramifications. For instance, the ominous rise of Asia's bachelor generation. The historian Neil Ferguson notes that the advent of ultrasound scanning has resulted in scary implications with the exportation of massive Chinese testosterone wedded to hyperventilated nationalism. At an excess now of over 100 million males, don't be surprised, he said, if in the next generation it takes the form of macho militarism and even imperialism, for men without women are about violence. 
In other words, the stage has been set. Maybe not intentionally, but it's still been set. So from the Chinese military perspective, what is the value of a male life among so many that are already causing us trouble, they say? What better way to resolve the problem but to render them cannon fodder in the final pursuit of Chinese glory in the Battle of the King of the Mountain? Hmm. Oh, and there's much more. You're listening to Viewpoint, friends. Viewpoint does determine destiny. Are you ready for these events to come? What are their implications for our lives? Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Are you sure? We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Today we're talking about uh, the rise of China. And uh, in the light of the coronation, deification of Xi Jinping this last weekend, we have all more, all the more reason to look uh, seriously at what's happening in China, the intent of China, the declared intents of China, which Xi Jinping said several years ago that within 30 years, China would rule the world, and they were dedicated to accomplish that. Many of the agenda items with regard to China are also tied in with the 2030 agenda of the United Nations, also with the 2030 agenda of the World Economic Forum. China intends to rule the world. Russia wants to get, uh, sort of glom onto the, uh, the jet stream or the tail of, of China and pretend that they're going to do it together. But the reality is, it's China. I had a bit of a a wake-up call today as I was opening a series of different boxes and so on uh, since we had moved and uh, had to acquire a number of different things in order to uh, properly move in. And uh, every single box that I opened, it didn't matter what it was, I noted, said, made in China. Now, they were good items, uh, very good items. Made in China, made in China, made in China. So what actually happened, friends, uh, and I don't think that our leaders ever intended this, but it did happen, going all the way back to a Republican president by the name of Richard Nixon. 
Richard Nixon is the one who opened the doorway to China. He said, what, what a great thing to, uh, you know, tie in to the economic power, uh, manufacturing and so on in China. We can get things done cheaply. So uh, let's go ahead and let's, let's, let's do this. Well, we became addicted to it. We were so addicted to it that Bill Clinton, during one of his elections, actually uh, auctioned off the Lincoln bedroom to a Chinese uh, party for donations. That's right, he did. I actually had that individual live on this program years ago. And he talked about it. So we've seen this trajectory, both Republican and Democrat, selling America's soul for a buck. That's what we did. We played Esau. You remember the account of Jacob and Esau, where Esau was the firstborn, had the right of the firstborn, and he was entitled to uh, his father's wealth and so on. But one day he was out hunting, and he came back famished, and his brother, Jacob, uh, was cooking up some red stew. So Esau asked his brother for some of his porridge, and Jacob said, okay. Uh, So he bartered. He bargained with his brother Esau, and he said, okay, I'll provide this to you if you'll... uh, Give me your birthright. So Esau thought to himself, what good is this birthright to me if I die of hunger? He wasn't going to die of hunger, but he relied upon his feelings at the time. And so he gave up something that was intensely valuable in order to get that which was not overly valuable for the short term. That's what America has done. We've given up freedom We've given up control. We've given up liberty. We've given up all these things, our trust in God, by shifting our trust to China. And now China has us over a barrel, so to speak. Not a a barrel of oil and gas, but having us over their economic control. They provide almost everything to the United States. And we're so addicted, you see, to it. How do you change? How do you, how do you change that? It's painful. And it's not going to change. No matter how many times Joe Biden says made in America. Because he's not sincere about it. Never has been sincere. If he had been sincere, he wouldn't be continuing to invest in China. So. We're at a, at a, a stage here in the United States of America where we have placed ourselves at not only economic, but moral and spiritual risk with China. But it's not just us. China's invaded the whole world. 
not with their military, but with their economics. Now they've seduced Africa, giving them loans, building this, building that, which ultimately will give China the ownership there in Africa and of their natural resources, which China desperately needs. I'm beginning to see the trajectory of these developments. These are all ultimately in fulfillment of biblical prophecy. They're leading inexorably to the final event, (coughs) which we just don't see. Our leaders are not willing to talk about it. We're not willing to admit certain things, even though the Bible sets out the picture. Yes, there are missing links. Yes, there are details that we don't know. But we need to look at the bigger picture from God's viewpoint. Now, going back just quickly, China's already burgeoning military poses a significant security threat to Southeast Asia and beyond unless quickly counterbalanced by the U.S. and its allies. According to several retired military officers at a Washington symposium 10 years ago, Admiral Kota, who was a senior fellow at the Harvard University Asia Center, stated, quote, quote, the role of China's Navy is much larger than that of the United States. That was 10 years ago, friends. Naval presence in Africa and South America is a way to expand its global influence. That's the frontier for China. That's why they're doing what they are right now. China's political and economic and military expansion will be both dramatic and traumatic, according to retired U.S. Naval uh, Admiral Patrick Walsh. He said, this is not an ideology. This is a nation-state coming into direct contact and collision with a country that views itself as a civilization. Echoing the concern, uh, Cook Jim Moon, chief executive of uh, Cielo Enterprises and Tanjil Group, called on the U.S. and Democratic nations worldwide to band together to keep China's military in check. He said China has never used its power to benefit others. This has been its history. True. Now, yes, there's this class of uh, clash of civilizations. We can't pretend that it's not happening. It is happening, and the sooner the increasingly God-denying West comes to grips with the truth that not all viewpoints are created equal, the greater will be the hope of divine intervention and protection in the unimaginable devastation soon to sweep the planet. At the root, whether it's China or Russia or anyone else, the reeling of the nations in prophesied rage is not primarily a matter of politics or of economics or of military prowess. The root is global spiritual rebellion against the Creator, friends, revealing an unprecedented tidal wave of violence and unrighteousness that's far beyond the contemplation of most human beings. Every poison and ungodly imagination of men's hearts is going to be spewed out with such vitriol that words will not even suffice 
to describe it. No preconceived notions of a movie about Armageddon is going to prepare the people of this planet for that which is going to happen when one-third of the world's inhabitants are destroyed in fiery fury. And Israel's going to be at the epicenter of the deba, of the debacle. Just is. Now, interestingly, in Israel, they resisted the Messiah. They resisted the promised Redeemer, who would reign supreme as King of Kings and as Lord of Lords. And so what's happening now, there's actually uh, a raging impatience deeply driven into the reprobate psyche is the deceptive conviction we will be king we don't need some divine interloper that's going to encroach upon our domain and interfere with our plans and purposes no one will have we won't we will not have this man yeshua the messiah to reign over us we just won't So, it's not only the kings of the earth that are going to be facing this seemingly imponderable decision in the march to Armageddon, but every inhabitant of this earthly domain faces the ultimate dilemma. We have to choose. But for now, Armageddon is looming larger. Alarmingly so, taking Megiddo is like capturing a thousand cities, said Pharaoh Thutmose III. Megiddo's tremendous value came from its strategic location as guardian of the most important pass through the Mount Carmel range where Elijah once called upon the people to choose who they would serve. Whoever held Megiddo in the ancient world controlled the traffic and trade meaning both military and financial security. So, today, Megiddo looms not only as a controller of traffic and trade, but as the final arbiter of truth in the culminating course to determine who will be king of the mountain. Hmm. Wow. I've shared with you a few paragraphs from my book, King of the Mountain, the chapter, The Dragon and the Eagle. Not everything we have said today was in that book. Uh, We have talked about the rise of Xi Jinping and uh, how he has basically become the dictator, not only the eternal dictator of China, but also of the world. From his viewpoint, you see, viewpoint determines destiny. The World Tribune spoke of his rise as the deification of Xi Jinping. Another called it the coronation. It's a big deal, a very big deal, and from his perspective, nobody will stand in his way, not even the former president of China, which he managed to escort publicly off of the stage sitting right next to him for public consumption, friends, and for the world to see, he will tolerate nobody, nothing in his way for China to rule the world. 
Now, why should this be transformative to you and me? We can, you can either respond with a kind of anxiety or fear, or you can respond with the understanding, yeah, this is exactly what God said, and there's a reason why he told us all these things, and that is he wants us to be ready for the coming of Christ. And these things are going to happen and surrounding that coming. Therefore, I don't want to play games. I want to be ready. I want to be ready, like the song said, in Jerusalem, just like John. Yeah. So what does that call for? It calls for repentance. For he who does not have clean hands and a pure heart will not ascend into the hill of the Lord. Just won't. Thanks for joining us. Get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. $15 will put the $20 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.